0: It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston.
1: Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Dirk, we recorded on Monday night. Weather wasn't too bad. We woke up Tuesday morning and it sucked. <laughs> It got never more apparent that uh, having an indoor karting facility is a very, very good thing from the the difference between Monday and Tuesday because it was the same temperature, same everything inside Joe's Karting as it always is uh, since it's a uh, well-ran indoor karting facility and apparently they're hiring. So if you want to go work at Joe's Karting, learn a bit about the karts, learn a bit about racing make a little bit of money. And uh, I believe they also spiff their employees with some free races.
0: Um, Yeah, I seem to seem or seem to uh, have seen many of the employees ripping around the track and getting quite good, actually.
1: Absolutely. Joe's carding.com carding with a K for more information about their hours, pricing information and employment. Joe's show lined up for you today. We're going to recap some of the news that came out of Daytona since we talked to you guys last just uh, uh what two days ago and uh and then we're going to talk about some of the penalties we'll get you set for sunday's race at auto club speedway and then in turn number two we're going to talk with eric Churny of the midwest classic stock car association uh dirk let's start off with the daytona penalties that were announced two cars were fined by nascar for uh, or, or penalized by nascar for uh improper installation of wheels. Basically it was the two cars that had issues with wheels coming off during the Daytona 500.
0: Yeah. I mean, right when it happened, uh, of course we didn't know if it was a wheel failure or, you know, human error. So it ends up being human error as far as we could tell.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that's NASCAR's version of it anyway. And uh, you would,
1: you would hope that NASCAR wouldn't penalize a team for a mechanical failure uh, from a wheel. You know, hopefully they've got some sort of information and evidence that shows they improperly installed them. And that's the reason why the wheel came off.
0: Yeah. Well, in the one case, the wheel didn't look broken at all. In the other case, it did. So it's really hard to tell. I'm sure NASCAR did their diligence. And they
1: do have that Hawkeye system. So they're, they're able to look at, I think that Hawkeye system looks at two pit stalls at once.
0: Well, it used to do individual pit stalls. So I don't know if they've gone to, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they've decided, I know they do have more inspectors on pit road. They only used to run like five people on the whole pit road. And, uh, the actual inspector was like, uh, had like eight boxes to cover. And I know they've gone to more inspectors. So where they used to have one inspector covering each one of those cameras on pit road. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if they've gone to covering, you know, two pit stalls at a time, um, that would have freed up. You know, half the people to go back to pit road. So that very well could be what they've done.
1: The 31 car and the 50 car both uh, penalized, and I believe both teams lost uh, crew chief and crew members.
0: Correct. Both crew chiefs they... and two crew members from each.
1: Crew members. Okay. Correct. Uh, and they su- they're suspended. I... What's up? Go ahead.
0: And they're suspended for four points-paying races.
1: Wow, that's a hefty penalty
0: yeah and that's you know where you're in the spot where that's why i said i think the 50 is just uh you know a part-time team and there's only you know they might only be running four races i don't know
1: yeah so is it four points paying races they were registered to run in or the next four races i would i would assume it's the latter
0: um i would assume it's what they're scheduled to run but i don't know
1: i would think it's uh it's the next points paying races because then they could just go and register to run those next four races even though they weren't planning on it but we're i guess we're kind of getting into the weeds on that one but um nascar showing that uh they're they're not going to hold back on the penalties if you don't get those wheels on their right so um we'll see some changes with teams also we're going to see some changes nascar made the statements that um They met with next-gen suppliers and several race teams this week to discuss the wheel specifications. Following that discussion, NASCAR made small adjustments to increase the upper tolerance on pin and pilot boreholes for Fontana. NASCAR will reevaluate with suppliers and race teams to determine a path forward following this weekend's race. I believe that follows into what happened with Team Penske.
0: Well, Penske and RFK. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, the two they different teams. Wheels from the two teams. But that's what that's all about. No penalties. Mm-hmm. Zero, not a none for Penske or RFK. And, uh, you know, which is what I said all along. If NASCAR thinks, you know, that there needs to be a change, there won't be any penalties. That's exactly what's happened.
1: Did you see so the statement the people, from Roger Penske? Yes. Okay. Uh, For those fans that haven't yet, he said, uh, Roger Penske said, we contacted NASCAR a week before and said that the wheels we were getting were not all the same, and we felt needed to to modify the holes where the drive pins go in. That came from Roger Penske. He said, we didn't really hear any feedback from NASCAR, and at that point, we went ahead and opened up the holes. And then that's where NASCAR got involved. And then NASCAR discovered the wheels.
0: Yeah, well, NASCAR discovered the wheels because evidently, um, at the track, they were making some adjustments, on, and it was actually somebody from the uh, RFK team was actually grinding on one of the wheels at the track. And of course, somebody reported. That's yeah. that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. I mean, uh, the tech inspectors don't have to do a whole lot of tech inspecting at the track. Every team <laughs> will tell on every other team. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's you probably know. one of my favorite things that I've learned, and it makes sense too. It's you know, NASCAR doesn't really. They have to be out there policing things, but more often than not, somebody's going to run up and it's going to be a team that the other team is beating and they're going to say, Hey, we saw this, they're doing this. And that doesn't just happen on the NASCAR level. It happens down on dirt track. I have watched, I've watched teams walk over to tech officials before the race. And then 10 minutes later, they'll walk off and I'll go over there and ask him. And they said, yeah, he's, he's getting a little irritated that so-and-so is kicking his ass. And he says he can smell the uh, monof- you know, the, the illegal fuel. He can hear it in the engine. He can do, you know, and, <laughs> and they're, 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 they're leaning on him. They're saying, Hey, go, go tech this, go check this out. I, I think this guy's doing that. And a, a lot of times the tech official will oblige because it's like, okay, that makes my job a little easier. I don't have to figure out what to tech tonight. This guy just told me what to tech.
0: Well, that, and they get into some real goofy things. Believe I, you, you know, I wore that hat for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd look at the guy and I'd say, you know, there's a spot here. And I'd pull out my rule sheet. And I said, right here. It says, if you hand me a hundred dollar bill, I have to take that apart tonight. That's called a protest.
1: <laughs> That's what I tell him. I thought you, you were know. taking a bribe. <laughs> no,
0: no. It's a protest. You want, you want me to check something specific on that car that I don't plan on checking tonight. Give me a hundred dollars. And if it's illegal, you get your hundred bucks back. But if it's not illegal, that guy gets you your hundred bucks. Right. So do you want to add to his winnings tonight or what, how do you want to do this? they
1: will
0: usually, usually turn around and walk away.
1: I was going to say, how many people were that confident that he was cheating, that they were willing to throw a hundred bucks down.
0: I think in my 18 years, it happened twice. <laughs> That's funny. And I think it was one and one I yeah. think one was illegal and one wasn't.
1: Huh. All right, then. So anyways, like Dirk mentioned it, like we just talked about, Team Penske and Roush Fenway-Keslowski racing uh, not going to get penalized by NASCAR for the wheels. NASCAR, I've obviously uh, looked at the wheels and, and agreed with what was happening as we talked about prior to that uh, because uh, they are uh, making some changes for uh, this weekend at Auto Club.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the only thing I can see the, the way that uh, Roger Penske in his statement just made it sound like the guys making the wheels kind of suck. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, get your shit you know? together so we don't have to do it. And we don't have to go through this whole thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's basically what he said, you know, that the wheels aren't right.
1: Daytona 500 ratings came out on uh, Wednesday. And the Daytona 500 on Sunday was the highest rated sporting event on Sunday, beating out the Olympics and the NBA All-Star game. Uh, not really surprised there. The NBA All-Star game, I, I got honest, didn't even know it was going on. And of course, you know, the Olympics are going on.
0: Well, I knew the Olympics were going on, but the Olympics were a bust for the whole two weeks. So, yeah,
1: I, I the only thing I've watched the Olympics is while I was bartending at the pub. That, that's, that's the only, the no sounds on. So I have no idea what's going on, but, uh, and it also is the highest rated Daytona 500 since 2019 and they did note that 2020 and 2021 were greatly affected by rain so that hurts the ratings quite a bit but uh 4.7 rating with uh, 8.87 million viewers on fox 8.8 million total across all platforms oh it's interesting i'm reading that because i've always wondered how streaming platforms rate that like if i watch on youtube tv do i count as watching on that 8.87 or do i count as one of the 0.01 million that came from other platforms
0: i think you're going to be in the other platforms bracket you think so yeah i mean that's what i would would guesstimate Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't know literally i don't know when it changed but i mean uh tv ratings all literally used to be done with a phone call that was what Gallup did. Gallup yep. actually called people and said, what are you watching on TV right now? Yeah. Right. Now they've got so sophisticated with the cable and all that kind of stuff that they can, you know, they can just hit a switch and they can tell what you're watching at all.
1: Well, yeah, it's just like a data chain. They can see how many people are tuning into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, so, and there's also uh, the reason why the ratings wait and come out on Wednesday is because I want to say if it's a DVR event on like your Cox your, your Cox system and you watch it within 24 hours, you fall into that live category. If you watch it within 48 hours or 72 hours, you fall into a different category, but you still get counted as a, as a viewer. Yeah.
0: Well, you sold the advertising for the TV stuff, you know, so you ought to know how that stuff works. I certainly don't.
1: I I really wish I didn't. I I really wish I could forget stuff like that and remember more important things to my life right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wish you could remember more important (laughs) things too. All
1: right. Uh, Daytona 500 ratings, Daytona post-race penalties. I think that's it. There's really nothing else going on. Uh, since last time we talked, right?
0: Um, yeah, no, just, you know, sore people still bitching about Bubba and Mm -hmm. people are still bitching about Brad and, you know, kind of the same stuff that was going on the whole time. Um, you know, questions about the Hendrick cars, you know, why were yeah. they such, well, they're only half there. They can't finish. Right. So, but uh, yeah, you know, I still think it was worth my three hours of time to watch it. So yeah,
1: I I, 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 I need to go back and watch it and, and try to keep up on it, but I'm probably going to get too busy as I usually do and, and just have to wait and watch the race on Sunday. Speaking um, of the race on Sunday, the Wise Power 400 at Auto Club Speedway will be on Fox. Uh, pre-race coverage, excuse me. Pre-race coverage should start. I believe it starts at 1:30, uh, but the green flag should drop just shortly after 2:30, and that is coincidentally when all of your picks for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickems contest are due. Uh, if you want to listen on the radio, which is the way I highly suggest, I did a little bit of legwork ahead of time. There is no radio partner in Omaha. There's only one in Nebraska, and it's too far away for us to listen to. There is uh, one in Atlantic, Iowa. It's an old station I actually used to work for. KSOM FM 96.5 is your uh, NASCAR uh, partner for MRN and PRN. But we've talked about it several times. Uh, I think the best way to listen to it is through the NASCAR app. It's the MRN, PRN, whichever one is broadcasting it that weekend. Uh, They've got the affiliate. They'll broadcast that through the NASCAR app. Uh, and it's absolutely free and it's much better than the TV broadcast.
0: Yeah, that, uh, well, and listening to that Atlantic, that 96.5, that is real spotty in Omaha.
1: Oh, real I would, spotty. Yeah, I would assume so.
0: You know, I mean, what's Atlantic? 60, 70 miles away. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, because you know, if I'm driving around or whatever, not that I do that much anymore with the price of gas, but uh, in the past, when I've been driving around or coming, Coming home from the casino on Sunday afternoon. But uh yeah, the uh the coverage is spotty. You know, it would come in and it would fade and you know, and it never failed. You know, they'd be coming to the white or something and I'd lose it, you know. Son of a, would stop in the middle of a highway and back up.
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> Uh, Auto Club Speedway, talk a little bit about it for those fans, including me, that's uh, not really familiar with Auto Club Speedway. Did you ever do any officiating there or go watch a race there?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I worked out there as as, li- as life would have it. The last race I did for the big three circuits with NASCAR happened to be at Auto Club Speedway.
1: That's right. Yeah, um,
0: but no, it's it's a carbon copy of Michigan as far as the layout of the track. Um And you know, the big scuttle for the last two years has been you know, well, the last 18 months is they were gonna turn it into a Bristol, and uh, that still hasn't happened. There's been all kinds of red tape with the county and everything else. Um, that was, I wonder
1: if do you get the feeling at all that 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 plan may get be getting scrapped?
0: Well, I thought that. I thought it was all a joke when they kept saying they were going to use the front straightaway and turn it into a Bristol because that don't work. No way that works. Yeah. You know, that it's a big D-shaped track. And Bristol straightaways are straight. It's not a big D. So, you know, they could shorten it a whole bunch and use the front straightaway like a Richmond or like Iowa Speedway, you know, mm-hmm. a big old arc like that you know, so I really don't know what's going to happen out there. Um, They actually had the, the last race they had there was in 2020 because they, again, they were just like this year. They were the second race of the season, I believe, and they might have been the third that year, but uh they got their race in before the COVID hit.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And Alex Bowman, I believe, no, yeah. not Alex Bowman, uh, William Byron won.
1: Nope, it was. You're right. It was Alex Bowman.
0: Oh, it was Bowman. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but that's when he was in the 24 car right what was that deal there no was something... he was driving
1: the 88
0: Oh, okay yeah that's what it was yeah he was driving the 88 before before he went to the 48 there we go yeah that's what happened yeah and last year um they were taken off the schedule because they thought the construction was going to be going on you know and the, the, yeah. i mean the schedules they're they're halfway through the new schedule for 2023 right now you know and that's just the way this works right you know such a lead time
1: well yeah, and yeah. You, you know and i there's so many things that have to fall into place that you can't work on this and then release it a month later <laughs> Well, exactly you know I mean, I mean even even with the you know nascar's got contracts with with tracks to run for the I, th- I think there's a contract for kansas for like the next five years or something like that but they still have to kind of work kansas has to work with local officials to make sure that they're um, you know, not stepping on any other sporting events, toes or here and there. And again, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting into the weeds one more time, but there's a well, lot that goes into those schedules.
0: Well, I mean, there's so much goes in the schedule. I mean, you know, Joe talks about it every time we talk to him about I-80 schedule, you know, keeps using that big word tentative because so mm-hmm. much of it is, you know. Uh, But it's, it, you know, it's a chore to set that schedule up. Just imagine, yeah. you know, on this national tour deal. But that's why... um Almost all the tracks, there's very few tracks that are on a, a, right now I don't think any except maybe California. Most of the contracts are like three race deals.
1: Well, uh, good for NASCAR because I think they, years ago when when this show first started, they really painted themselves into a corner with the tracks and basically given a lot of power to the tracks.
0: All the mile and a half they built. Yeah. All the mile and a half were built close together. I mean, Texas was in the Uh, Mid to later 90s and Kansas opened in 2001. Las Vegas opened up right in there in the late 90s. Uh, Chicagoland, I think, opened in 02 or 03, 03, I think. And uh, um, they'd also built Kentucky. They built uh, the new track in Nashville. Um, So they were all mile and a half or mile and a third tracks, you know. And uh, as they have found out, you know, if they'd had a little bit of foresight back there, you know. 20, 25 years ago, they wouldn't have all those mile and a half tracks now. And right. you and I have complained about it for six, seven years, eight years now.
1: Yeah. It, oh. it, it, it was one that it, it, ha- they got greedy because the, when they first opened Kansas, like you said, it sold out for the first four or five races. So they you said, had oh. no, you had to enter a lottery to get a ticket. Yeah. And so they said, Oh, look, Kansas is doing great. Let's open up another track and let's open up another track. another. And then all of a sudden the bottom fell out and they, they couldn't sell these tracks. They couldn't sell the tickets to the tracks. And, and now they're they're working very slowly to get rid of the mile and a half tracks. Yeah. All right. That, so uh, Auto Club Speedway, like I said, 230 uh, is when the uh, scheduled scheduled green flag should drop. And it's going to be a little after 230, probably about 245 or so. But your picks on the NASCAR pools online.com are going to close at 2 30 central time. So make sure you get your picks in on time. Stages for Sunday's race. It's a 200 lap race. It'll be stage one will end at lap 60. Stage two will end at lap 120. And then the final green flag or the the checkered flag will drop on the final stage on lap 200. unless we go into overtime. Uh, as Dirk talked about, Alex Bowman won in 2020. Correct. yes 2020 and kyle bush won in 2019 and that uh actually became his 200th nascar uh series win so 200 wins overall for him two years ago when he picked up there three years ago when he picked up that win that being kyle bush
0: yeah uh, he, and that was in the top three series those 200 wins he's got mm-hmm. a bunch more short track wins and stuff like that but yeah
1: any other track. uh anything else we need to make sure and cover
0: um no, I think that's pretty much going to do it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I ain't got nothing else.
1: Yeah, I uh, looks like, um, yeah, I got nothing else either. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back. Eric Cherney of the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association is going to join us if you haven't seen these guys. It's basically a classic stock car version of the good old time Racing Association. Uh, but these guys lay it out there just a little bit more because although parts are hard to come by, Uh, They're a little easier for the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association as opposed to the good old time Racing Association. We're going to talk about their schedule, when things are going to get kicked off, and so much more. Hang tight. Dirk and I will be right back with uh, another interview from the Columbus Racers Swap Meet. Big thanks to those guys for letting us come out. That was a really, really fun day.
0: Yeah, I just wish we would have had a a little better participation from the racers, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, we had a couple that's scheduled, and, and we didn't get to talk to them, and yeah. I, I, th- I hope we could have got more scheduled.
1: I think that, you know, I think we talked about it on the way back too. you know, the World of Wheels car show is one animal, and, and we have always, we've done it the same way where we schedule the 20 interviews in a day or, you know, try to get 20 in each day, and we do it for two days. Uh, we end up getting somewhere around 12 to 13 after everybody's, you know committed to and and can't make it or don't show up or whatever i think the racers swap meet we tried to do that same thing but i think it needs to be a little bit different where we we basically just tackle drivers as they walk by our booth and say hey let's do an interview i was surprised at the number of of drivers out there Um, and i guess i shouldn't say surprised i was more pleased because that was our first time out there so i didn't really know what to expect
0: well and i know i saw a couple guys and i kept saying hey you know when you know, they'd have their hands full of something they just bought or something they were taking to their booth or whatever. And I'd say, when you get your hands, you know, empty, come on over to the booth yeah. or right over there and, and talk to us for a little bit. You yeah, know, I,
1: I think that's the, the, the strategy we take next year when we go up there is assuming they have us back. <laughs> uh... oh,
0: they're going to have us back. That's, I mean,
1: you, you would hope so. We,
0: our interviews were good. Yeah. The interviews we did there were quality interviews. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it's just where we could have where we had time to do basically about 14 interviews when we get done. Six. Yep. I think maybe yeah. seven. Yeah. But uh, I think maybe next year we just put it out and say, Hey, we're going to be here. If you want to come, which is basically what Devin did. He yeah. sent me a message and said, Hey, I want to be here and give me a time. And, you know, I don't remember what it was, nine 30, 10 o'clock, whatever. I said, Hey, come on and in,' And he was right. there.
1: Right. You know, and again, he, he continues to, to impress me as a as a smart driver because he reached out to a platform that's trying to to give him exposure. He scheduled he a time him. to do an interview and then he showed up.
0: Yeah, he, <laughs> he came to promote himself and his team and his sponsors. You know, and he
1: did a great job. He did a yeah, fantastic like said,
0: job. All the interviews were great. Everything yeah. we did was good.
1: You're going to hear Eric Cerny's interview again with the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association. Uh, Just after these commercials coming up in turn number two, Dirk and I'll be right back. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it. And we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced, and usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it give me a call today 402-659-5641 or shoot me an email tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com i'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen
2: hey look at that you're sitting on your couch playing halo madden or nascar while your friends are at joe's karting Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs, next to Quaker Steak & Lube.
1: of all the tempting things great times great food get to quaker
2: steak and lube quaker steak and lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of mav tv featuring action from the lucas oil late model series great times great food get to quaker steak and lube located on mid-america drive in council bluffs
0: we're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch
1: Welcome back to the front stretch. Time for another. This will be a race schedule interview. Right? Is that am I- I think I've been talking too much the last couple of days. I've run (laughs) out of things to say. This is a schedule interview sponsored by the Nebraska Dirt Crown. Nebraska Dirt Crown on Facebook kicks off in March. And then the newly announced Stock Car Crown Summer Series, which kicks off in April, runs throughout the summer. 10 total dates. Uh, nine scheduled with one more date still to be announced as of recording of this. I'm sure they're going to be getting that out here uh, by the time this interview airs. But we are sitting down with Eric Churney of the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association, the MCSA, throughout the area. Eric, uh, always great to have you on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you guys and get word out about our group and stuff. It get
1: excited for the 22 race season?
2: Yeah, I really am, um, especially after the way last year went. We had a record year. Um, we had nine new cars join our group. Um, we had two races where we had uh, 19 at one and 21 cars at the other one. Nice. So made a real fun year.
1: A lot of people are, uh, are definitely taking note of the uh, stock cars throughout the area. Seems to be a big rise in attention for the stock cars, and I love the fact that you guys are taking The attention and the love that is coming to the stock car division and adding in a little good old-time racing association flavor with it with going back to the Midwest Classic stock cars.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, our cars are pretty similar, really, to an IMCA stock car. You know, some of the guys use kind of outdated stock car chassis and just find a vintage body for them and stuff like that. So, um, and in all honesty, we don't run really much slower than they do. I mean, it's, you know, they're a lot lighter than us. That's about the only difference. But
3: you've got a few changes. I think
2: you can run a quick change and some stuff like that. Yeah, because of all the different tracks we go to, we did allow a quick change to be. Put in the car that way, you know, it makes it a lot easier for the guys to change gears between races and stuff.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, and it's also more of what a classic stock car would have had a quick change. Right,
2: right, yeah. Um, you know, we got one nice one over there for sale if anybody's looking to get into this group. You know, it's a lot of fun. The, what I love about it is the chance to go out and, you know, we're not locked down to one track. We go here, we go there, we're, you know, we're all over eastern, central Nebraska, into Iowa. and. All I've got that. $12. I don't think he'll quite take that, but okay. it's close. All right.
1: I'm gonna start a GoFundMe. There you see go. If I can raise another ten bucks. <laughs> you gonna need some <laughs> more hot wings? Twenty-two dollars is my offer. Is my 22? final offer. You gonna make some more hot wings? <laughs> no, I will not be eating more hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> Done with that for a while.
2: <laughs> take it. That didn't go well.
1: Oh no! Uh, it's still it, going. Is, is the problem? <laughs> <laughs> ah, been there. <laughs> it's uh, it's the I guess the gift that keeps on giving. There the you go. The residual's terrible. <laughs> they, oh. Uh, again, I, I apologize for the ride over here, Dirk. Uh, we are doing interviews live at the uh, uh, Racers Swap Meet and Trade Show in Columbus, Nebraska. Uh, big thanks to those guys for inviting us over. It's been a great morning, a lot of fun. a lot of. I, I think the thing I'm, I'm happiest with around here is it's kind of the easy one of I get to see all my race friends again.
2: Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. You know, this is like that uh, almost like the holiday to see your extended family, yeah. you know. It's kind like of like happy hour. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It you is know. like happy hour. There was jello shots going on when we got here at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, man, I missed those. Right. All right. Didn't. So He found them. Talk about some of the other nuances that set you guys apart from the other classes and some of the stuff you're trying to do for uh, for the overall uh, goal of the M- MCSA.
2: Well, I think one of the things that sets us apart is, you know, we're, we're all about trying to put the fun back into racing. It's, you know not so dog-eat-dog, dog, I guess, you know, it's it's a gentleman or ladies racing group. Um, as some people have found out, it's almost harder than your regular stock car racing because we're going just as hard, and we do it without beating and banging and stuff. Of course, accidents happen, but, you know, um, as, uh, you know, a couple of people that have been stock car drivers that have jumped in and filled in you know, they come up to me afterwards, and they're like, wow, you know, I thought you guys were out here just putting, kind of parading around, racing, you know, not really racing. And I just drove my butt off to keep up, so.
1: Yeah. I'm going to turn my <laughs> microphone back on.
2: <laughs> but, uh, you know, and and that's the thing. You know, we, we go hard, but you have to be safe and be courteous to the guys around you because it's not as easy to go out and find uh, replacement panels for a 53 Chevy or a 65 Chevelle or Anything like that?
1: Well, is it harder to find parts for a modified nowadays or any race car?
2: Well, yeah, about anything's hard to find parts for it seems right right now. Well,
3: and it's the sheet metal stuff. I mean, the other stuff's basically all fabricated. You know, your a frames and you know whatnot. But sheet metal take a long time on an English wheel to make a fender for a '55 Chevy. Yes, it would. Yes, it would.
1: (laughs) Well, and it uh, you know that like you guys talked about these these aren't slow cars. You're not half-throttling it down the back stretch, and at a track like I-80, somebody makes a mistake underneath of you, and all of a sudden, you need a new front end for a car that the front end hasn't been manufactured for decades. Right, and
2: unfortunately, I've been there a couple of times. You know, we had uh, a couple of years ago at Albion, a guy that got turned right in front of me right as I went back to the gas, and I don't even think I got the, oh, sh- out of my mouth and <laughs> bang.
1: <laughs> All right, 15-night race schedule for your 2022 schedule. Uh, talk about some of the changes, some of the regular races, and some of the bigger races you guys are going to be a part of.
2: Okay, well, um, this year uh, we're going someplace we haven't been for a few years. We're going to start out the season at the Park Jefferson Speedway up or up in Jefferson, South Dakota, so we're excited to be back there. Um, and I know they're excited to have us. Um, and then we've got... Uh, you know, shows kind of all over. Right now, we're shaping up to have kind of a big weekend, 4th um, of July weekend. We're going to start out at the uh, Boone County Fair in Albion on July 1st. And um, then we're working on a deal, heading clear out to North Platte to the Lincoln County mm-hmm. Raceway. And then on the way back, we'll hit up uh, Lexington. And so we'll have a three night wow. race weekend, kind of make a little racing vacation out of it, hopefully.
1: Any uh, fireworks?
2: Well, I'm sure I would think <laughs> at some of those tracks we should get some fireworks out. But uh, um, <clears throat> then we end the season. Um, we're part of the Saturday night at the Abe Lincoln Memorial at Columbus, and then uh, I-80 has asked us to come be part of their show on October 1st. So we're pretty excited about that, especially after their latest announcement. Yeah,
1: so. final time at I-80 Speedway.
2: Right, right, and that's a uh, you know a track um, up until we started this group I had never raced on, and so it was that's what's one of the fun things about our group is that's that chance to go to these places we didn't normally go to or get the chance and and have
1: fun uh, yeah awesome and, and and you guys get to go around to a lot now uh, remind me about your schedule last year this seems a little bit heavier than than the schedules have been in the past
2: well it seems like uh, our popularity has been growing um, we uh, I think last year we had we started the year with 14 nights on our schedule when we had um, one rain out and something else happened with another one so we only ended up with 12 which is still enough yeah and I think like I said you're setting at 15 here and uh, we're possibly even adding a show at Stewart Nebraska yet too hopefully. Okay. So.
3: Wow. Yeah, I mean for, for a, the true hobby type racing 12 races is enough.
2: Right and that's kind of where I wanted to be you know 12 races is about right you know like I said this is a little bit fuller than I would like, but you know, you, it's it's fun too. Well, so. you
3: pack the three into the one weekend,
2: right? right. You know, so that's yeah. Well, and then we have also got another weekend where we're going to be, um, we'll be down at uh, um, Deschler as part of their fair race at the Thayer County Speedway, yeah. and then we're going to hit Junction on the way back. All right, you know, we're going right past it. We kind of reworked a date to get that to work out. So,
1: yeah. uh, fifteen nights as we're scheduled right now. Once again, kicking the season off. May 21st, kind of getting past that window of heavy rains, things start to dry out about the last week or two of May.
2: Right, right. And that's kind of, you know, in years past, we've had some April shows, we've had some early May shows, and it seems like they always get rained out. And, you know, it gives our guys, you know, this is a hobby, so it gives them that little bit extra time to get stuff ready and and get warmer, nicer weather, things like that. You know, I'm not a huge fan of going out and freezing my tail off at the yeah. racetracks. So. right.
1: Uh, any plans for, uh, maybe adding some different stuff, maybe run into different parts of the Midwest that you guys haven't been to yet for the, maybe the 23 schedule? Um,
2: we'll see what happens. You know, we work, uh, hand in hand with, um, Pudge Graybill over in Iowa with the Western Iowa Vintage Racing. They run mainly at Harlan and Denison. So, um... We actually kind of turned down a date with Corning, Iowa, this year just because we were so full already. Um, But, you know, we kind of said, hey, call Pudge, you know, get something on the books with him. Maybe if things work out, if it's an off weekend, some of our guys will make that trip over anyway. But I always like going over and running with Pudge for the fact that that night I can go over and I can just race. Just have a good time. Right. I don't have to worry about chasing everybody down and keeping (laughs) everything organized. And he says the same thing when he comes over and runs with us. So he's like, oh yeah, I can just race tonight. So.
1: Eric Cherney of the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association. Once again their schedule kicks off Saturday, May 21st in Park Jefferson uh, at Park Jefferson Speedway. It will conclude October 1st at I-80 Speedway. Uh, Facebook page. You guys have a website?
2: Yeah, we've got a a Facebook page. It's um, you just search MCSA zero zero on Facebook and it'll pop up. And then uh, we just did launch a new website. Um, it's uh, Midwestclassics.cars.com at something with GoDaddy. I, it's on our Facebook page. I don't remember the actual address, but we don't, uh, we're probably gonna expand that out a little bit, but we just kinda got it up and going so that there's a place to find the rules and the schedule online.
1: Jesus, I haven't liked your guys' schedule in the past, or your Facebook in the past. I thought I did. I thought My you mistake. had too. I got it liked up now. So
2: All right, there we go.
1: Midwest Classic Stock Car Association. Uh, just do a search for it in Facebook. It'll pop up. Uh, it's got the blue and red cars uh, in the background for the picture. So uh, make sure to like up and follow that. And uh, as always, thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, one thing. I know that touring series like this, you guys have always got some great sponsors that help out. Is there anybody you want to make sure and thank?
2: Well, I definitely want to thank Geo Rapid Lube here in town. Um, Mike Ganskow, he's been our biggest sponsor the last couple of years. Um, last summer we had n- numerous uh, smaller businesses that popped in and sponsored nights and stuff for us. A um, couple of them, like right here in town, were um, Awards and Engravings, um, Reardon Lawn and Garden, Bill's Repair, um, Valley Thunder Rods and Restoration out in Ord sponsored a night for us. So, and. Uh, Having our banquet tonight here in town after all this,
1: so that'll be a fun time. Awesome. You guys gonna make anything? I got beer there? Oh, yeah. You You gonna make any? Well, I would be there, but unfortunately, I've already got plenty. Oh, yes, that's right. You've got
2: family. I got family Family. in town. Oh, man, we're gonna have prime rib and everything. Oh, come on.
1: (laughs) Can somebody give me a ride back home? Uh, as always, uh, Eric, it's always great talking to you. Can't wait to see you at I-80 Speedway. Unfortunately, I got to wait till October to see you guys race, but I guess it's better than nothing.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have mind having another night there this year, but they said they just kind of like cut back a little bit this year yeah. on on some of the stuff. But I'm just happy that we'll be part of it there at the end. So
1: absolutely, Eric, Cherney of the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association. Once again, their schedule kicks off. Saturday, May 21st at Park Jefferson Speedway and we will conclude 15 race nights later on Saturday, October 1st at I-80 Speedway. Midwest Classic Stock Car Association on Facebook for all the details and more information. Have fun at your banquet tonight, sir. All right. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Have a good one. Thank, thank you. you. And that's going to do it for us on today's show. Big thanks to everybody for joining us. Big thanks to the uh, Racers Swap Meet in Columbus, Nebraska for letting us come out and do all these interviews. And, of course, thanks to our big sponsors and all of our great sponsors and supporters of the Front Stretch. Make sure to like it up and give it a share so we can continue to grow. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Karting.